Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. All right, Sarah, do you have your uh, your recorder set up? You rolling? It's, it's in position. We're all in position. <laughs> Locked and loaded and ready to podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Hopefully that's not in the show. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of a tagline. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that'll, that'll be our new tagline for the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And who is ready to podcast? Wow. <laughs> I know Politico's Sarah Overmall is because today on the show, she is answering all of the big questions we have about immunity, whether and how much it's waning and what it all means for the COVID response. So, Sarah, I am fully vaccinated got fully vaccinated a few months ago. Is my immunity waning? Yes, but it's a question of how much and when we should be concerned about your immunity waning. Okay, so that's a kind of answer. And I feel like the (laughs) lack of total answer comes probably from what feels from my perspective, like a significant lack of of, of data exactly on all of this, like with immunity and when it's waning. So I want to ask you about it um, first by asking about what data we have here in the U.S. about how effective vaccines are as time goes on and whether and at what point immunity wanes. So we have a few things that the CDC just released recently. There was one study uh, that was released around the same time that President Biden said that we were going to start implementing boosters. That one focused on health workers um, on the front lines and said that they found vaccine effectiveness declined by roughly 30% since the Delta variant became the dominant strain in this country. Um, And then there was another one that focused on a wide range of residents in LA, and it found that about a quarter of new infections from May to July were in fully vaccinated people, as opposed to you know just over 70% in unvaccinated people. So obviously 25% vaccinated people having breakthrough infections is more than we've been told about breakthroughs so far. And that indicates that, you know, more people are getting the Delta variant and that that does have a factor in this notion of declining immunity. But the problem is, like you said, there's also a lot of data we don't have. We don't know how much of this is the Delta variant, how much of this is vaccine effectiveness actually going down, and how much of this is, you know, our behavior changing, people going out more, getting exposed more. Uh, The fact that there still are so many unvaccinated people out there, we don't know how much of a risk it is for two fully vaccinated people to transmit a virus between each other. And we also don't know at what point does the immunity go down to a point that actually risks your life and hospitalization. Because what we know right now is it's still exceedingly rare for you to be hospitalized if you've been vaccinated. Hmm. So these studies, which still leave a lot of questions out there, do at least still show that if you're vaccinated, well, your immunity might go down for getting a more mild breakthrough case, you're still really protected against getting seriously ill and going to the hospital or dying. Exactly. It's still super rare that you would get seriously ill um, or go to the hospital or die. And I, you know, it's interesting to, to talk about that again, because we, I think are getting back to where we were a few months ago with, with just trying to get people vaccinated in the first place. Now we're talking about it in the context 
of boosters. And in the meantime, I don't know about you, but I've had several friends get breakthrough infections and it has been, you know, crappy for them. They've had, they've described it as like a very bad flu, um, loss of smell, loss of taste, but also they're now better. And so we might have to come around to this idea that breakthroughs will still be common, but we're trying to reduce this to the level of a flu or a cold rather than the virus that has killed billions. So given the lack of like complete data that we do have on vaccine effectiveness and Delta and how much and when immunity is waning, um, is there anything that we can gather from other countries that have vaccination programs that have been like similar to the U.S. where they've been giving out vaccines for a while. Can we figure anything out from looking outside of the U.S.? Yeah, so all eyes have been on Israel for a while now because they were among the first to release data about waning immunity, but also the first country to implement a broad booster plan. They are now boosting just about everyone who was eligible for the original vaccine Hmm. and considering you not fully vaccinated if you don't have a booster anymore. Interesting. Yeah, and so the data that they had that kind of put fuel under this already going discussion in the U.S. about when there was going to be boosters were data that showed waning immunity among people, especially those who'd gotten the vaccine early on um, in its availability, so in the winter time, but not quite the same uh, decrease in people who'd gotten it later, like the spring and the summer. And so in some senses, that that makes sense. Like, of course, you know, the people who got it before, the immunity would be going down a little bit more. But then mm-hmm. this also comes back to you know, all these other factors that we have to consider. Is this about the vaccines? Is this about Delta variant? Is this about the types of people who were first in line to get the vaccine? People like healthcare workers who might be exposed more? Um, or is it about all of our behaviors changing in the last few months as we thought that this was somewhat in the rearview mirror? The, the likely answer is it's all of those things. But then that doesn't speak to, you know, going out and giving everyone another shot as fast as we can, because you have to think about this long term. Like, are we going to continue to give shots every eight months? Or is there a certain level of immunity that we can expect that we'll get to? And this will be maybe annual or two years or five years. What data do we have at this point about boosters, like how much they would help and when it does make sense to give them and how often to give them? Or is that all still up in the air? So that's another big issue. Um, Johnson & Johnson, the uh, single-dose vaccine, uh, they recently released some data that a second shot of its one-dose regimen increased COVID-19 antibodies ninefold one month after vaccination, so a pretty sharp increase in antibodies and protections in people ages 18 through, you know, over 65 years old. So that's a really good uh, indicator that that is an effective second dose. They also said that it was particularly effective against Delta and hospitalization and death from the Delta variant. Mm-hmm. Um, Moderna and Pfizer are still collecting that information. And actually in a CDC advisory meeting on Monday, Pfizer was asked when they'd have that information. And they said that they were aiming for October to see how well boosters work. Hmm. The problem with that is that President Biden has already put out this date of September 20th, where he wants boosters to be broadly available. So that's kind of the trap of the White House stepping ahead. Uh, You know, he's put this timeline out there, but now you have to have the data in hand to warrant it, to, to, to rationalize to people, this is why we're doing this. And you have to have the regulators and the companies on board for these to be available as a booster shot. 
Interesting. How much do you think that could complicate plans here in the U.S. if we're planning on doing some of this stuff before the data is actually there? It could get really tricky. I think that uh, one thing that I've heard when I've talked to scientists and public health experts about this is that while on the one hand they understand that the White House wanted to lay the groundwork a bit for boosters so that it wasn't a shock to people when they were needed. Hmm. On the other hand, putting this timeline out there and saying we're going to have them by this point is, once again, the White House leading the scientists. And there were lots of concerns about that in the Trump administration and about the hits that had to people's confidence in the independence of agencies like the Food and Drug Administration, which is the one that's making these decisions. Hmm. Underlying A lot of our discussion so far is the fact that there are still a lot of questions um, up in the air and that we don't have data yet. We don't have data yet on when immunity exactly wanes. We don't have data yet on exactly how effective boosters might be or when we might need them. Why is it so hard to have data quickly on all this stuff? Well, (laughs) For the same reason that it was hard to have data in the first place on how vaccines work. So some of the very same challenges are there. You have to account for human behavior. You have to account for reasons why certain people would be more exposed or more um, vulnerable. And so in order to control for those elements, you have to be tracking data for months on thousands, tens of thousands of people, um, people in mm. different uh, areas of the country that are in hotspots or not, people in different lines of work, like that healthcare workers study. And similar to the reason that FDA said that there had to be months of data for original submissions, you have to look at this over long term to say, you know, not just, okay, immunity is waning, but... At what point do we begin to worry about how much it's waned? Even if it goes down a certain amount, we're still talking in in terms of Pfizer and Moderna as being more than 90% effective originally. And so, you know, if the immunity is going down to a point where, yes, some people are going to have breakthrough infections where they feel bad for a week but are not likely to get hospitalized, then what's the longer term answer here? Do we act knee-jerk and say it's gone down 30%? let's get everyone boosters right now and set that up as kind of a precedent that we're just going to be getting boosters, you know, every few months? Or do we say, okay, what is the bar that we have to hit to say, okay, now we're going to roll these out again to the population who's already gotten them? Also considering that there's many millions of people in the world who haven't gotten them yet. Sarah Overmall, thanks so much for talking with me. Thanks for having me. Sarah Overmall co-authors our daily health newsletter, Politico Pulse. You can find that at politico.com slash newsletters and in this episode's show notes. Also today, Representatives Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, and Ayanna Presley are calling for Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell to be replaced, stepping up the pressure on President Biden as he draws closer to a decision on the government's most powerful economic post. The joint statement to Politico opposing Powell by the high-profile progressive Democrats is part of a mounting effort on the left to urge Biden to reshape the Fed, though the prospect of Powell's reappointment has split opinion 
among liberal advocates and lawmakers. In their statement, the group acknowledged that the Fed under Powell, quote, has made positive changes by steering the central bank toward a greater emphasis on reaching full employment. But they said they want to see someone at the helm who is more aggressive on financial regulation and climate change. And the EU is removing the U.S. from its approved coronavirus travel list following a review of restrictions. The move means unvaccinated American travelers could once again face restrictions on non-essential trips to Europe just months after the U.S. was added to the safe travel list. Cases and hospitalizations have increased sharply in the U.S. in recent weeks. Countries on the EU's list have to have 75 or fewer infections per 100,000 people over the previous 14 days, and the U.S. is far above that. Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts, and while you're there, check out some of our other shows like The Playbook Daily Briefing and Politico Energy. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.